News, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Value Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, on this big uh, Monday morning, anyway, uh, with that, of uh, course, NFL action over the weekend. Of course, the Saints uh, saved us uh, anguish uh, Sunday as they played last Thursday night. In the meantime, an NFL coach sets an, a record that he's one of three of. Major League Baseball, boy, the Astros just uh, finding ways to lose. But uh, big game tonight. Uh, and also, uh, doubleheader baseball, yeah, too. Yeah, two big games. That's right, uh, with that. So, um, anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, hopefully, around 7.35 this morning, we'll have uh, head football coach Ryan Antoine on uh, tonight to tell us a little bit about uh uh, last uh, Friday night's game against uh, LCA. Meanwhile, high school football, uh, boy, you can't pick a bigger game. We got this Friday as Catholic High travels to Lorville. Pretty much, Catholic High wins. It's a three-way tie for first place. Lorville wins. Uh, they're the outright champ of the district. Anyway, college football scores uh, over the weekend, too. All the local teams having some success, but uh, UL homecoming, um, they get behind early and can't catch up. Elsewhere, of course, uh, some of the polls are out uh, for college football, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, also, as always, our Today in Sports History. But opening up uh, the uh, football season of the NFL yesterday as uh, Brian Belichick uh, becomes uh, one of uh, three coaches with 300 uh, wins. Of course, the Patriots stunned the Bills if you had watched any of that game yesterday. Yeah, and Buffalo has been enigmatic, uh, to say the least, this yeah, season. They, yeah, they just, uh, it's almost a roller coaster ride. You see them play so well, then it looks like uh, they hadn't played a football game before. But the Bills on Sunday up in Foxborough, uh, the Patriots win 29 25 in the final seconds for their second victory of the year and the 300th for Coach Bill Belichick as. Uh, that well, of course, the 300 win club. Uh, Belichick, who reportedly agreed to a multi year contract extension this offseason, is the third head coach in the National Football League history to win 300 regular season games. Of course, he joins Don Shula with 328, and of course, uh, George uh, Hallis, uh, Papa Bear, with 318. And uh, a lot to be said for that, uh, of course, Shula. And with his uh, first few years with the Colts, then moving on down to Miami where uh, he won uh, probably 300 games or close to it, uh, coaching the Dolphins uh, from the uh, late 60s all the way into, I want to say the 90s before he retired uh, uh, Shula. And, of course, George Hallis, Papa Bear, who founded the Bears back in the day. And uh, I want to say Papa Bear retired in the late 60s, maybe. Is that about right? He See, he he had a one break in the late fifties, and then came back and was there from say sixty three to sixty seven, maybe. Would, uh, was it Abe Gibran? Abe that Gibran took, took over, over after Papa Bear yeah. uh, stepped out. Yeah, you can see Abe in uh, Brian's song. That's right. That is correct. Uh, a good Played himself. Too. Yes, he sure did. A couple of bears did. Uh, yeah, throughout that movie, you're right. Uh, and didn't Gail Sayers write the book, I Am Third? I Am Third, yeah. Yes, uh, with that. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL course, in a late game uh, yesterday uh, evening, 
the Eagles 31 and the Dolphins 17. And, of course, Philly won Sunday night's battle of the 5-1 teams behind 279 yards and three uh, total TDs from Jalen Hurts, whose 32nd career TD, rushing TD, tied him with Randall Cunningham for the most part quarterback in franchise history uh, with that. And the game pretty entertaining, everybody feeling that uh, the Eagles' defense maybe was a little bit better than the Dolphins. And the Dolphins uh, uh, put up a fight, but uh, in the end, the uh, Eagles were just able to run the ball. And uh, the difference in the game last night uh, is uh, how many times did they late in the game they go on and fourth down and one and make it a fourth and two uh, with quarterback push, push, <laughs> uh, which is, I guess, the new term uh, uh, today. You know, you see those quarterback sneaks of yesteryear with Drew Brees going over the top. But now they get a big tight end behind the quarterback and they just start pushing. Uh, was the difference in the game last night. Also elsewhere, the Browns uh, beat the Coats 39-38. Kareem Hunt's uh, TD with 15 seconds left, won it for Cleveland. But Miles Garrett, yes, he took over this game, becoming the first player since at least uh, 23 years with two sacks, two forced fumbles, a blocked field goal in a single game as Miles Garrett, the uh, defensive lineman for the uh, Cleveland Browns, just was all over the place in a big win for Cleveland, had to hang on. Deshaun Watson exiting early in that yeah, game, Yeah, I think he too. threw a five-yard pass. I think that was it, and uh, – Leaving that game early, you're correct about that, and they come back with a backup quarterback uh, in that. Uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, how about the Bears uh, with their quarterback coming in uh, to take over for Fields? And uh, I, I want to say he went to a division. He three. was Division two school, maybe even lower than that, uh, undrafted. Just the 17th undrafted quarterback to start an NFL game since, I think, the merger. Yeah, and uh, went on to have a great game for, really for the Bears. really did. looked and good. Uh, defense was obviously stout. A couple of big interceptions. Uh, I forget. Johnson, uh, number 33. Thought he um, wore, uh, you know, that was Peanut Tillman's number with the Bears. And he, he looked like Peanut uh, yesterday. So uh, it, was, it was nice effort overall. Yeah, the Bears uh, win a big game uh, with that. Uh, of course, uh, Bear fans, will, will there be a quarterback controversy? I don't think so, but... But they're not in a hurry to bring back uh, Fields. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, you know, he was doubtful last week for this, su- you know, Sunday's game. But yesterday, early on, I saw even before the game that he's likely out for multiple weeks. So, and he's got a broken thumb. Is, uh, is that I don't know it if it was broken, sprained, but it was definitely the thumb. Uh, last week we thought it was the wrist, uh, but uh, the thumb. All right. Anyway, elsewhere uh, yesterday uh, afternoon game, uh, the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes, the way he was flinging the ball around in the first half, I thought he'd break Norm Van Brocklin's record for most passing yards in the game. He ended up with 424. I think he had uh, somewhere around 330 in the first half yesterday, just slinging it around uh, four TDs. He had an interception. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 179 yards and a score, and just a monster game. Uh, for Kelsey, of course, uh, his uh, little uh, sweetheart up there in the box uh, uh, yep. cheering him on with, I guess, the rest of the Kelsey clan. Uh, anyway, and they, Mahomes' wife uh, was up there, too. Yeah, she sure was. Anyway, they took a commanding lead in the AFC West with Taylor Swift in attendance again, as I mentioned. Meanwhile, over in uh, the NFC South, the Falcons beat the Bucks 16-13 to uh, as Koo 
nails a 51-yarder as time expired. His third game winner in the final minute this season as Atlanta, now 4-3, and three, sits alone atop the NFC uh, South. And honestly, I think that division is still open uh, in that regard. So uh, the Ravens, meanwhile, annihilated the Lions, who came in 5-1. and one. Lamar Jackson was nearly flawless in Baltimore's statement victory as uh, uh, the, the Ravens just uh, between uh, the Johns Ravens and Jim's Wolverines, the Harbaugh brothers, outscored the Michigan uh, teams 87-6 to over the weekend as Michigan, of course, uh, the Wolverines roll again. But they have some issues up in Ann Arbor right now with regards to uh, some uh, problems with the uh, Wolverines. Anyway, other scores around the league. Of course, the Giants took out the Commanders uh, in a big game, a rival game, uh, 14-7. As we mentioned, the Bears all over the Raiders, uh, 30-12. to uh, The Steelers uh, play uh, good football. They down the Rams 24-17. to and meanwhile, the Seahawks topped the Cardinals 20-10. Uh, to 10, And the Broncos and Sean Payton pull out a big victory over the Packers as the Broncos knock off uh, the Packers 19-17 to 17, uh, to keep their... Uh, They're owning the NFL Central, that's, that's, NFC Central. That's, that is correct. Or North it is now, as come to think of it. Of course, uh, as always, we'll have on Bob Rose at uh, a quarter to eight in our uh, third segment. Forgot to mention that uh, early on. Anyway, of course, last night, if you watched the ball game, uh, uh, the Rangers beat the Astros 9-2 to in Sunday night baseball to force a game seven. And tonight, we continue a bizarre trend. Of course, the road team has won every game in this series. And home field advantage, uh, this is familiar territory for the 2023 Astros. They're the first team in Major League history, you ready, to finish below 500 at home. They were 39-42 and 42 on the year, and they're 20-plus games above 500 on the road. They're 51-30, and 30, and it's also not the first time Houston has been part of such a road-friendly playoff series. How about a little flashback? The Astros lost the 2019 uh, World Series to the Nationals in the first best-of-seven postseason series in Major League uh, NBA or NHL history in which the road team won every game. And if they lose tonight, Houston uh, history will repeat itself. I'm a little deja vu. Max Scherzer started Game 7 for the Nationals in 2019 World Series, gutting out five innings after his uh, status had been in doubt due to neck spasms. Well, Scherzer once again battling injuries will start against the Astros tonight. I don't know about that. Uh, sort of eerie? No. Anyway, the fitting end, the Astros and Rangers finished with identical uh, records. They were both 90-72 and 72. Uh, records in a division that wasn't in decided until the final day. I believe Texas got beaten. The Astros won. And it, and it was a tiebreaker that um, gave the Astros the division. That's right. So it's only right that the series goes a distance. Anyway, tonight's winner-take-all contest will be the 20th Game 7 in league championship history with the other 19 coming between 1985 and the year 2000. Uh, so, of course, late last few years, of course, in the NLCS, the Dodgers beat the Braves in 2020, 4-3. to three. Of course, uh, in 2020, the Rays beat the Astros 4-2. to two. And uh, going a little further back, the Dodgers beat the Brewers in 2018, 5-1. to one. Uh, 2017, the Astros beat the Yankees 4-0. Uh, 2012, the Giants beat the Cardinals 9-0. And uh, on and on for that uh, 
those series games. Meanwhile, in the NLCS, home field advantage is very much alive. Home teams are 4-1, and that's particularly true in Philadelphia where the Phillies uh, have uh, yet to lose this October, and they'll look to close things out against the uh, Diamondbacks uh, tonight. Meanwhile, uh, with that tonight, games tonight uh, with that uh, on the Major League side, so uh, uh, Arizona at uh, Philadelphia, that first pitches are going to be around 4.07. Of course, Kelly uh, at 12-8 and eight is going up against uh, Austin Nola. Uh, uh, Philadelphia had a fine outing his last time out. He's 12-9. and nine. Phillies are a heavy favorite, minus 188. The over and under is eight in that ball game over in uh, Philadelphia. Citizens Bank Park, I do believe. Uh, meanwhile, Texas and Houston go at it tonight. First pitch it should be a little after 7, 7.03. They have Max Scherzer on the mound for uh, Texas with uh, Javier. Javier on the mound for uh, Houston. He's 10-5 and five on the season. Uh, Houston a minus 123. Meanwhile, the over and under is nine and a half and uh, should be some interesting ball games in, in that regard. So uh, we'll see how that'll all come through tonight uh, in uh, Major League Baseball's championship series. Of course, uh, the uh, Phillies uh, lead three games to two. The Astros and uh, Rangers are all tied up at three apiece. Winner take all tonight. Uh, Elsewhere, Monday night football tonight. Uh, it'll be the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Vikings, uh, who are two and four. Of course, the 49ers four, five and one on the year, uh, seven point or touchdown pick in that game. Over and under is 43. A lot to look at for San Francisco, who's got one of the better defenses in the league. Of course, uh, giving up points, they're second in the league. They're third in the league against to- uh, with giving up total yards and uh, passing yards. They only give up a little less than 200. Right at ninth in the league. And they also only give up about 80 yards rushing in a game. Meanwhile, uh, the Minnesota defense, uh, uh, a little more yet to be desired. So uh, the Vikings, uh, 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 for that matter, started off the season losing to the Eagles uh, 34-28, then came back to lose to the Chargers 28-24, then finally beat the Panthers 21-13. Elsewhere, uh, the uh, Vikings uh, have uh, one win, of course, that was against Carolina, 21-13. to Then they come back and lose to Kansas City in a good game, 27-20. Then uh, beat the Bears last weekend, 19-13. So they play the uh, 49ers tonight. Meanwhile, uh, and, uh, the 49ers have just played great football. They started off uh, winning uh, five in a row when they downed uh, Pittsburgh, 30-7. to Came back to beat the Rams, 30-23. Then the Giants at 30-12. to uh, all over Arizona, 35-16. to 16. Beat the uh, snot out of Dallas, 42-10. to 10. And then get beat last week by Cleveland, 19-17. to 17. Uh, And uh, pretty much everybody was thinking that the, the Giants, I think they'd won, what, 13, 14 uh, regular season games in a row. So uh, interesting contest tonight uh, with that as uh, the um, uh, the uh, 49ers uh, look to add on to their lead in the uh, standings there in the uh, NFL. Of course, in the NFC, uh, Philadelphia 6-1, and one, followed by Dallas 4-2, and two, the Washington 3-4, and four, the Giants 2-5. and five. Over in the NFC uh, North, uh, Detroit 5-2, and two, uh, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago 2-4 and four for Minnesota and Green Bay, 2-5 and five for the uh, Bears. In the South, Atlanta takes a lead. Uh, they're 4-3. and three. Tampa Bay at three and three, the Saints at three and four, and of course Carolina looking for their first win so far this year. They're zero and six. 
Elsewhere in the NFC uh, West, San Francisco with a 5-1 record leads by over Seattle, who's 4-2. The Rams 3-4, and, and the Cardinals are 1-6. Of course, they're one victory being over the Cowboys. Elsewhere in the AFC, Miami with a 5-2 and two record still uh, maintain a one-game lead over Buffalo, who's 4-3. and three. The Jets are 3-3 three and three in New England at 2-5. and five. Of course, Coach Belichick with his 300-victory uh, regular season game in the NFL. Elsewhere in the north, uh, Baltimore uh, looked pretty good yesterday, uh, annihilating uh, 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 38 to 6 uh, game as the uh, Ravens now stand at 5 and 2, Pittsburgh at 4 and 2, Cleveland at 4 and 2 and Cincinnati at 3 and 3 bring up the rear and that uh, the way the Ravens are playing right now uh, looking pretty good. Of course, Pittsburgh wins a big game out in Los Angeles uh, this weekend. In the uh, AFC South, Jacksonville five and two lead the uh, South with Houston at three and three, Indianapolis three and four, and Tennessee at two and four. Meanwhile, out west, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at six and one lose their opener and have won, now won six in a row as they lost their opener to Detroit. Uh, uh, Las Vegas comes in at 3-4. and four. The Chargers also at 2-4. and four. And Denver, which won yesterday for Coach Sean Payton, uh, are 2-5. and five. So uh, uh, football right now in the NFL, uh, difference in uh, – big difference in, in that. Meanwhile, um, college football, I was going to speak maybe a little bit about that, but maybe I'll hold off about that uh, a little later on during the week. Of course, LSU uh, – Wins a big game. Uh, don't mention that 62 to nothing score to me, but uh, they beat the Army Cadets by a score of 62 to nothing and pretty much uh, controlled the game from the outset. I think at LSU, first uh, maybe five to ten minutes of the game, were up 14 to nothing and uh, pretty much uh, coasted from there. I don't know if Army ever had a threat, even a score. I, I don't recall one, but you know, I stopped paying close attention in the second half, but uh, I don't recall any real threat. Well, also with that course, uh, UL celebrating a homecoming weekend this weekend. Uh, They get down early to uh, Georgia State and just can't get back enough as uh, Georgia State holds off to beat uh, the Raging Cajuns 20-17 to as the Cajuns, I believe, uh, late in the game, uh, driving maybe for the go-ahead touchdown, throwing interception in the end zone. And Georgia State comes out with a 20-17 to 17 win over the Cajuns, over at Cajun Field, kind of a small homecoming for the Cajuns. And uh, that game, if my memory serves me correctly, I watched some of it on ESPNU, I believe, was uh, on over this weekend and uh, watched, uh, uh, I, I say, a good portion of the second half of that game uh, with the Cajuns. And they got off the snide in the second half. Uh, moved the ball and uh, had opportunities to score, but uh, just wasn't meant to be as Georgia State hangs on the Panthers to beat the Cajuns 20-17. to Elsewhere, over in New Orleans, Tulane celebrated a homecoming. They took out uh, North Texas, was up 21-0 in the first half, and uh, could have been 28 if Pratt holds on to the ball. As he goes into the end zone, he fumbled it, and, of course, it's a touchback. And uh, in the second half, North Texas looks like uh, showed one of the more higher power offensive teams. They couldn't run the ball, but they threw for 350 yards. And uh, a former quarterback from UL Monroe, uh, Collins, did the damage as uh, the Greenies hold on, get a late score as Michael Pratt runs in from about 20 yards out late in the game to go up 35-28 and uh, maintain uh, uh, their lead in the American uh, Conference uh, uh, race. So. 
Anyway, with that, just about time to take a break here on Kane Radio. I uh, hope to have Coach uh, Ryan Antoine on around 735. You're listening to Kane uh, uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Attention high school sports fans. Are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is head football coach Ryan Antoine of the Westgate Tigers. Uh, Good morning, Coach, and uh, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Anyway, Coach, a rough weekend uh, for the uh, Tigers as they take on – uh, uh, LCA in a big game the Knights uh, this past weekend, Coach, and I know uh, things just didn't go your way. Uh, if you could give us maybe just a little update what took uh, place uh, last uh, Friday night and then, of course, your big game, uh, another big game, district game uh, this coming uh, weekend uh, with that regard. So uh, go ahead, Coach, and uh, let our listeners know what took place. Uh, I said uh, tough opponent for our past Friday in, in uh, LCA. A uh, strong team, uh, really one of the better, better teams in the state. Uh, there's always been, you know, sustaining and winning, doing a good job. Um, they jumped out on us early, uh, the opening kickoff, uh, from the past, the 50, and got a good field position on that. Scored on the opening drive, make it seven nothing. We actually came back and drove down, 
uh, did a good job of moving the ball and you know and, and doing some things and made it seven to three. Uh, and then after that, we kind of sputtered um, a little bit offensively, was, and uh, they came back and scored again on, the, on their following drive to make it fourteen to three. Uh, and then it kind of went back and forth for a little while. With you know, defense was kind of hunkered down and placed the ball. They kind of scored uh, like with less than two minutes after going right before half to make it twenty-one to three. And then after that, you know, just kind of just you know, our wheels kind of fell off, and you know, we didn't really you know do too much you know offensively and kind of gave us some big plays defensively and. Uh, it kind of got out of hand, you know, towards late third quarter. Uh, where like at one time, it was 28 or 35 to 3. We ended up scoring again. Um, towards the end of the game, put, put together a good drive uh, and got the two point conversion and uh, make it, I think it was 35 11. And then they came back and scored again late. Um, you know, once we kind of took our guys out, they took their guys out and um, they broke one up the middle on, you know, on us. They made it 40, 42 to 11. Like, so, I mean, we're. You know, we're, we're trying to figure some things out. Uh, we're still, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, we still have good hope. I mean, guys are still, you know, we still had a good week of practice last week. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we, you know, it doesn't get any easier, and it's, we're not going to make any excuses about, you know, what, what we got going on. I mean, so we have another tough opponent, you know, in, in, uh, in, in SCM coming up this week. You know, I mean, it doesn't get, like they once again, doesn't get any easier. Uh, I think, you know, SCM is one of the top teams in the state as well. I think they're undefeated right now ranked number one in their class, uh, you know, as a district opponent. You know, I mean, that's something that we know we're, we're accustomed to. we got to go out there and play strong ball. we got to play better, you know, and we got to try to hold on as much as we can. I mean, like if not, you know, we'll be in the front of the battle again this Friday night. Gotcha. Showed us a bunch of different looks offensively, especially early on in that second half. And I know we talked a little bit about it Saturday, but for this morning's listeners, uh, some of the thought process there. I mean, no, no doubt about it. Uh, with with um with Jabari Antoine being out, you know, since since the Calvary week, uh, you know, we've been you know having some issues at quarterback. Uh, you know, trying to rotate uh Peyton Landry, uh, Brian Leon, you know, in in those spots, you know, Peyton's about more uh quarterback, and also Brian, you know, is more of a wide receiver guy. So just trying to find a way to try to get some things going. Uh, you know, so we use more of our you know wildcat package with. Tobias Gordon, who's been playing real well this year for us, and also David Jackson. We finally kind of get him back healthy uh, and be able to kind of move the ball and get some things. So just find a way to get our, you know, some of our better guys the ball in their hand early and uh, and, and often and, and just trying to find a way to just let those guys make a play. You know, the, the bad thing about it is you can't – it's not it's not an offense that you can sustain in. You know, I mean, eventually they'll figure it out. I mean, we're not really throwing the ball out of it. So, you know, we got a couple things out of it, you know, and, and just want to show some different – different ways of I it mean, but right now we're you know we're gonna try to do whatever we can do to win and then whatever we can do to try to you know just stay successful so we got guys playing both ways in, in certain situations as well and we'll just keep trying to get better and try to figure this thing out there you go uh, you talked about st thomas more uh, and being undefeated but did turlings expose anything uh did you have a chance to take a look at that what they did right in uh almost winning that game yeah i mean turlings should have won the game i mean they was, they was on the one yard line um with four down, um, like saying the SCM did it, Turlins didn't get it, and SCM went like 99 yards in almost a minute. You know, ended up beating them 35, 34 uh, in that game. I mean, but once again, it's just the type of discipline. Anybody can go down at any time. I mean, uh, like I said, North Vermillion gave us gave us trouble. Uh, North Side, you know, is, is a way much improved team this year. Uh, like I said, LJ kind of handled you know um, Turlins pretty bad, and then now Turlins, you know, had a chance to like they put away SCM. I mean, it just it's Friday night football, you know, so I mean, it's, it, it could go any given way. 
you just got to be prepared and be ready. And I think the team that controls the ball, you know, eliminates the big plays and that, you know, that can flip the field with special teams and, 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 and execute, usually the team that wins. It doesn't matter, you know, your, your record or any type of like that because everybody pretty much knows everybody at this point in time. There you go. Uh, when you talked about St. Thomas More's goal line stance there, it kind of reminded me of uh, a goal line stance in the Superdome a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was fun times, man. You know, uh, you know, like I said, it just you know things. It gets to those times as well. And I mean, like I say, right now, like I say, we're still at, we're still five and three. We still, we feel like we're in a, in a good spot. We still, you know, got playoff contentions, and you know, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. It's just right now, we're trying to make sure, you know, we try to keep our head above water and not, you know, be put ourselves in a bind. You know, come playoff time. So we just got to focus up and just heal up and get better. There you go again. St. Thomas More final regular season home game, hopefully a home playoff game uh, coming. But senior night, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a time to just uh, you know honor our seniors. These guys have been you know with us for four years, battling with us. You know, guys have you know won a lot of football games here and, and been, been you know through a lot of good times. You know, right now. So I mean, definitely want to honor those guys and you know just thank those guys for what they did. So we'll honor those guys before the game. And, we don't have too many seniors. I think we got like six seniors that play, but like I think like twelve or thirteen overall. And we will just you know tell those guys thank you for what they did. You know, play those guys and hopefully put them in the show for them. There you go. Anything the fans need to know uh, because of that, or anything else going on this Friday night? Uh, I mean, like I said once again, uh, you know, a big game. We need support. STM always brings a, a, a good crowd. Uh, we need our our crowd to come out there and do the same thing and support our kids. And you know, just come out there and you know let the community come show. You know, get behind our guys and rally behind them while we go through this. Absolutely. Coach, always a pleasure. Best of luck in your week of prep, and uh, hopefully you're feeling better. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you good bet. luck Take to care. you, Coach. Appreciate Coach uh, Ryan Antoine again. Uh, had the flu, uh, wasn't uh, at the game, but uh, appreciate him joining me Saturday morning and uh, also this morning. Yeah, and uh, Westgate, uh, of course, uh, on the short end of, I believe, what, a 49-11 to 11 score as Lafayette Christian, the Knights, uh, just, as you mentioned, one of the more dominant teams. Uh, Juwan Johnson, uh, you know, great quote. Um, you know, they didn't score, but Lafayette Christian got the ball with about 55 seconds left at the 20, their own 20. A couple of penalties put them back at their own 10 with 44 seconds, and... Uh, they they didn't just try and run out the clock, um, and, and we asked the coach, uh, Keith asked the coach at half uh, the thought process there, and he goes, we have number seven, Juwan Johnson. We have number seven. Of course, we're not going to just lay down uh, even if 90 yards, and they did move the ball into the red zone, but Westgate uh, beat them back. Uh, they didn't score, but uh, still a very impressive player uh, in Juwan Johnson. Yeah, not a real big kid either. Two, no. Six foot, maybe 5'11", maybe 180 pounds. But uh, destined, I'm pretty sure, to be a defensive halfback at LSU, possibly a cornerback uh, with great speed and acceleration. So. And, and, you know, and we, he didn't address it today, but we talked about that Saturday morning. Coach Antoine said, uh, uh, you know, they're talking about him being just a DB, but he's a he's a gamer. Give him the ball. Let him touch it, man. And I, I would agree. Uh, hadn't seen him play yet, saw highlights of him, uh, but just an outstanding athlete. Uh, an LSU commitment, of course, and uh, we'll see how he fares uh, through the rest of the season. But uh, uh, last year, uh, Lafayette Christian lost to St. Thomas Moore, who had to score, I think, a couple touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game to pull out like a 49-45 win or something of that nature. Those uh, two teams play 
at the final week of the right. um, season. That's right. Anyway, other high school scores around the area, of course, uh, the big one, the Yellow Jackets. Come on on top uh, uh, Friday night as they beat back uh, the Spartans of Como, 28-21 uh, in a big game. We'll have uh, Coach uh, Josh Lerman on uh, Thursday to talk about that. Meanwhile, as you mentioned, Lafayette Christian over the Westgate Tigers, 49-11. to Another big game, and it was just leading up to another game this coming Friday as Lorville takes down Ascension Episcopal over in uh, – in Youngsville by the score of 30 to 9 and uh, hats off to coach Terry Martin we'll have him on sometime tomorrow morning in one of our segments to talk about the Tigers and their big win over Ascension Episcopal of course uh, here comes another big game for the Tigers uh, this coming Friday as the uh, Lorville will uh, welcome home uh, Catholic High the Panthers who had a big win last Thursday night over Franklin 49 to 12 We'll have Coach Terry Martin on to talk a little bit about that. Also, other games in the area, St. Martinville, the Tigers uh, lose to Kaplan 36-32. Delcom, uh, Coach Artie Laus, looking for his first win of the year. But West St. Mary finds theirs as they beat back the Panthers 14-8. to uh, Highland Baptist journey to Generette to take on probably one of the better Generette teams in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, Generette hammers them 42-7 to uh, with that. Some other scores uh, in the area of Emilian Catholic it just keeps on rolling. The Screaming Eagles down Centerville 57-14. to uh, other games in the area, Barb uh, beats Lafayette High 30-7. to seven. Uh, Elsewhere, Acadiana beats a good Southside team 45-12. to 12. Yeah, and I made those comments Saturday morning. Not, not shocked that they won the game, but that they dominated the game that much. Yeah, very much so. Uh, meanwhile, Brobridge downs Beauchene 35 to nothing. Cecilia beats back Opelousas 25-22. to 22. Uh, Erath loses to Abbeville 20-6. to 6. Uh, some other scores looking in our area too, for that matter. Uh, uh, Sam Houston, uh, Karen Crow beat Sam Houston, forty-nine to forty-seven. Of course, the Yellow Jackets uh, with Coach Lemon on Thursday morning. Uh, they play Sulphur this week, and I do. I think that game's in New Iberia too, uh, as the Yellow Jackets look losing. Uh, may look looking to uh, win another game uh, with two left in the season. Of course, Jeff, the big game come uh, uh, Friday night uh, is the uh, Tigers of Lorville taking on the Panthers. As I mentioned, Lorville with a chance to win a uh, district championship uh, as they beat back uh, Ascension Episcopal, and uh, they've got Catholic High coming in. Catholic High win would create a three-way tie in that particular uh, district. In the meantime, uh, time to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Bob Rose, the Sports Illustrated uh, writer, on uh, with us here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. 
Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajero inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Cane. Stream us live on Cane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is uh, SI uh, beat writer uh, uh, for uh, the Saints, uh, Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob, and uh, welcome to Bayou Sports again. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me. I hope everybody's Monday morning has started out pretty well. Yeah, just uh, you, you try to have a short memory from last Thursday night, if you know <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> Bob. Uh, and with that, uh, you know, the Saints just uh, red zone is uh, more like uh, the stop zone for the Saints uh, in uh, the last few weeks. And they just they, they can't puncture the ball into the end zone. And, of course, those last with a first and goal at the six last Thursday night, you thought maybe we'd have a chance to uh, tie things up and then see what happens after that. But, uh uh, some curious calls, some curious throws, and uh, your thoughts on that that last uh, four plays for the Saints trying to tie the game up last Thursday night. Yeah, you call it the stop zone. I call it the dead zone. Uh, and there, there are two things that really jump off the page to me when we're talking about the Saints' struggles uh, you know, inside the 20 and especially inside the 10-yard line. Uh, you, know, you mentioned the curious play calling. Uh, it's it's an utter lack of imagination by Pete Carmichael. And I've talked about this several times so far this year, that the game plans lack imagination, uh, play calling, in-game adjustments, they, you know, they, they all lack imagination. But that's especially true as they get near the goal line. But the problem isn't all Pete Carmichael. And this not only goes for the, for the dead zone, but this goes you know, for anywhere on the field. Derek Carr deserves more criticism than what he's getting. Uh, and you, know, you especially see that near the goal line. Uh, you know, Carr, Carr seems to lack vision. Uh, you know, he, he's defi- he definitely needs to be more accurate with the football. And, you know, again, we see these issues all over the field, but the problems get magnified when you get close to the goal line. And, you know, you know they, they aren't challenging defenses at all, uh, you know, from sideline to sideline, which is what you need to do when you do get into the red zone. And, you know, the, those are the two major issues that I see with the Saints, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to their goal line issues is, you know, Pete, Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr. 
Yeah, and with that, too, you know, Carr puts up the ball 55 times in this game. Was it 50 mm-hmm. last week also? I mean, he yep. throws for a gazillion yards, but uh, <laughs> when it comes down to uh, getting the ball in the end zone, uh, of course, Kamara leads him uh, with 17 ca- carries for 62 yards. He also leads him in receiving. He had 12 catches for 91 yards, and it just, you know, it seems like when they should be looking for a third down and seven, they're throwing the ball 25 yards down the field. And maybe I'm not accurate in that uh, forethinking, but in the meantime, where those little, uh, you know, Michael Thomas has Velcro hands, I mean, just get him the ball within 10 yards and he'll get the the necessary first down. But uh, I'm trying to remember uh, in that regard, the Saints at one time were just horrible. They ended the game three for 18 on third down efficiency. And, uh, of course, they were four out of six on uh, fourth down. But in the meantime, uh, you know, that, that, that tells a lot about uh, just uh, what they're doing, you know, uh, on uh, short yardage situations. And uh, they just, as I, you said, uh, between the 20s, uh, they can move the football. But uh, it just seems like the, just one brain freeze uh, trying to get the ball in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. And good teams find a way to make those third down conversions. Good teams find a way to punch the ball in the end zone, especially when they need a score. And, you know, this is not just an isolated problem. Like you said, you know, this happened one or two weeks. This is week after week for 24 games since Dennis Allen became the uh, the head coach and Pete Carmichael became the, the primary play caller. Uh, you know, and, and it is issues like, you know, why aren't you using Michael Thomas more? Uh, you know, you got you have a six-seven former basketball player uh, you know, that, that is pretty darn good in the middle of the field and near the end zone that you don't even have on the field when you're inside the ten and inside the five-yard line. It's it's decisions like that that you know, that make all of us you know, armchair quarterbacks rightfully question uh, you know, the, not only the coaching you know, issues but again the ex execution on the field yeah uh, with that too and uh the saints uh of course they've never really got the ground game going this year and you know the saints dominated time of possession for an nfl team to have the ball for 36 minutes and 10 seconds <laughs> compared to uh, uh jacksonville's 2350 and we didn't you didn't realize that uh lawrence trevor lawrence was even going to play until i think he was a game time decision mm-hmm. he did an adequate job for them uh in that regard as uh he basically uh was 20 out of 29 for 204 yards and a touchdown. Uh, nothing fancy, but uh, just uh, maintain control of the game. Uh, uh, Lawrence uh, even uh, led them in uh, rushing. He had eight carries for 59 yards, of course, a big 26-yard run during the game. And, uh, of course, Carr, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't able to see – much of the game due, due to the fact I was doing a high school game that night. But, uh, I, I mean, uh, I think Carr threw a pick six in that game. Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and, uh, you know, after that pick six, uh, <clears throat> he looked, to me anyway, Derek Carr looked like he was actually gun-shy, uh, you know, to throw into coverage. Uh, or to throw his receiver open, uh, you know, you know, on uh, on movement routes and things like that. 
And you know, for, we're not talking about a rookie here uh, you know, that might be a little bit shell-shocked after a bad play. We're talking about a veteran who needs to have a short memory and, uh, you know, and show a little bit of leadership uh, you know, by example. And he, just, you know, he, he hasn't been doing that. And listen, you mentioned the defense. This is an underlying, you know, a growing and underlying problem is that this defense has a hard time getting off the field and <clears throat> is absolutely helpless against a quarterback that moves around and is willing to make plays with his legs. And, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence you know, c- you know, converted uh, with his legs, escaped from pressure. They were unable to pressure him even in the pass pocket. Uh, you know, the Saints had zero sacks, zero quarterback hits, and only two recorded pressures on the night. And then you're talking about the secondary, you know, the the uh, you know the Saints secondary giving up that big uh, you know pass to Christian Kirk once they finally clawed back and tied the game. Uh, you know Lawrence only threw nine incompletions on the night. Uh, you know, and other than bottling up Calvin Ridley, uh, you know the other receivers were running free in the New Orleans secondary all night long. Now part of that is due to a lack of pressure, but again a secondary that has. Players like Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, guys, you got to do better. Yeah, the Saints. Uh, it seemed like you mentioned though, uh, with that, uh, of course, no sacks, no hardly any pressures, and uh, and then they've uh, won the turnover battle, two fumbles to an interception that uh, Carr mm-hmm. threw that pick six, and uh, generally two fumbles uh, you can make do with that. But uh, the Saints uh, just looking uh, for opportunities right now. Uh, and uh, the season doesn't get any easier to uh, uh, with the Saints as uh, they travel up to Indianapolis to play an Indianapolis team. And I'm pretty sure Richardson's out for another few weeks uh, with his shoulder issue. I think he's out for the season. Is he out for the season? All right. Yes. Uh, yeah. With that, uh, of course, both teams are six and uh, three and four uh, on the year. And believe it or not, Indianapolis a one and a half point pick in that game. But Indianapolis can score. They're averaging tw- almost twenty five and a half points a game. The Saints are at nineteen. Uh, the Saints have they broken twenty this year? I'm trying to recall uh, if they've scored more than uh, twenty points this year during the course of the year. Uh, with that, and uh, still uh, their rushing attack, they're twenty second in the league, averaging about ninety eight yards a game. Uh, their third down efficiency is at twenty fifth in the league at thirty four point three percent. And their fourth down, uh, of course, they're going for it on fourth down. As we mentioned, uh, they're at 54.5. It's 15th in the league. Their defense is still not giving up a lot of points. If they're, only, they're seventh in the league, giving up 18.1. But uh, when you can't get in the red zone, I'd like to see that red zone stat, uh, what the Saints have uh, scored once they get inside the 20, uh, how many touchdowns they've scored uh, in the attempts they've gotten into the red zone. Don't have that stat in front of me, but I'm curious to know what that would look like right now. Yeah, and you know, their overall red zone percentage is 28th in the league. Uh, you know, you're you're talking about teams like the New England Patriots and the New York Giants only being behind them, and that's just that's downright abysmal when you have guys like Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, you know, etc. Et Again, good teams make those plays, and the Saints just simply aren't doing it. Yeah, with that, Bob, you're right. And uh, we'll see. They'll head up to Indianapolis this weekend uh, where they're a slight dog. And we'll see what uh, comes with that with Derek Carr and company. You know, uh, India, tough loss yesterday. Uh, any takeaways from that? 
uh, what'd you say? I'm sorry. About Indianapolis. Um, any thoughts on uh, what they bring to the table? I tell you, I watched uh, I watched that Indianapolis Cleveland game yesterday. Uh, you know the the uh, Colts defense; they're very physical up front. But what I did see is that they're a little bit slow in pursuit. They're not extremely athletic. Uh, you know, so you got to wonder if Pete Carmichael is going to get Alvin Kamara more involved on the perimeter. He has done a decent job of doing that. Pete has. Uh, you know, uh, maybe try to free up Shahid and Alave in the open field. Um, Indianapolis disguises their coverages extremely well. They have rangy safeties, uh, but they leave the middle of the field open often. Uh, that tells me that you should attack the uh, the center of the Colts defense with guys like Michael Thomas, uh, you know, Kamara on those wheel routes. We'll see if Carmichael does it. He has done it very, very little up to this point. Uh, offensively, no team, and I think they said this on the Browns-Colts telecast yesterday, no team runs as many RPOs as, uh, as the Indianapolis Colts. Now, a lot of that was when Anthony Richardson uh, was in the game, but I saw them do it a lot with Gardner Minshew also. And nobody's going to confuse Minshew for you know, Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, but Gardner was still making plays with his legs. Uh, you know, Indianapolis likes to control the ball with Zach Moss and, uh, and Jonathan Taylor. So that the Saints run defense is going to be tested, uh, a run defense that I didn't think played very well at all against Jacksonville or Houston. So they're going to have to bounce back. Uh, the Colts do seem to have uh, you know, issues on the edge, uh, both tackle spots in pass protection. Uh, I noticed Minshew was under a lot of pressure the last two weeks against Jacksonville and against Cleveland yesterday. So you know, hopefully Carl Granderson, Cam Jordan will be able to step it up. But like you guys said, you know, Indianapolis score, you know, puts up a lot of points on the scoreboard. Uh, you know, they make the play against Cleveland they did too they make the plays that matter uh, you know they're, they're a big play offense their receivers are very good after the catch and very physical guys that find ways to get open uh, you know so the Saints defense uh, a defense I don't think has played very well at all in the last few weeks uh, you know that they, they need a bounce back performance and you know it's pretty clear by now guys that New Orleans needs to hold teams to 20 points or under to even have a chance to win. So that's going to be the big question going into this game. You know, I, it was one of the games I had on, and I was glancing at it on occasion, but didn't have audio. I <clears throat> uh, heard about a couple of controversial calls oh. that may have gone Cleveland's way. Uh, that's an understatement. Uh, yeah, there were two uh, you know, two pass interference calls. Well, I think one was a defensive holding, and the other was a pass interference. Uh, you know, the first one, the announcer said, "Oh, I could see why they made that." You know, they made that call. Uh, you know, against the the Indianapolis defensive back. I can't. I thought it was a very good job of acting by the Cleveland receiver. Uh, you know, and then the pass interference that put them uh, put the Browns at the one yard line. Uh, you know, to to help them finish the game off. Uh, I didn't think that pass was catchable. Uh, you know, of the two calls, I could see that one maybe a little bit more for a, a legal contact or something like that. Uh, but it's it's another case of Goodell's officiate, uh, officials having an impact on the game when they should just keep the flags in their pocket and let these professionals play. I saw it in the Steelers-Rams game as well. And just you know, officiating throughout the league has been – it becomes worse every year, in my opinion. Understood. 
Bob, always a pleasure. I appreciate you joining us on these Monday mornings. Uh, remind us again how to find uh, your other work during the week. Gentlemen, it's my pleasure, so thank you for having me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm on Twitter, at Bobby R, 2613. Please follow all of my work and the work of John Hendricks, Ross Jackson, Kyle T. Mosley at the Saints News Network, at Saints News on Twitter, and the SI.com New Orleans Saints team page. And also, please check out Brendan Boylan and myself on the Bayou Blitz podcast, uh, you know, we we had to switch days this past week, but we will be back to our normal days, which is Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. If you want to catch any past shows, you can just go uh, go on to YouTube and just pull up the Bayou Blitz uh, uh, and uh, and let us know what you think. Real good, Bob. Again, we'll look forward to uh, recapping Sunday's Saints game with you next Monday. But thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Have a great week, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Uh, with that. Of course, uh, with that, just about time to take another break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with a little bit more along with Today in Sports History right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answertopain.com. Athletic Field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, uh, October the 23rd. And uh, the AP poll, uh, football, college football poll is out, and the top six spots remain the same in this week's AP poll as those six undefeated teams either got the week off or took care of business on a whirlwind Saturday. Uh, meanwhile, 
Alabama moved up a couple spots to number nine after beating rival Tennessee. Number 15, LSU, and number 16, Missouri, both jumped four spots after blowing out unranked opponents. Meanwhile, North Carolina dropped seven spots to number 17 after a stunning home loss to Virginia. And USC fell six spots to number 24 after losing to Utah for the fourth straight time. And uh, nine of the current top ten teams, uh, everybody except Florida State, will be either in the SEC or Big Ten uh, next year. Meanwhile, uh, with that, of course, Georgia remains number one, followed by Michigan, who routed Michigan State this weekend. Ohio State uh, comes in at third, followed by Florida State. Washington still hanging in there at number five. Oklahoma at number six. They're all undefeated. Meanwhile, Texas uh, comes in at seventh. Oregon at eighth. Alabama ninth, as we mentioned, and Penn State. Uh, From 11 to 25, Oregon State, Ole Miss, number 13, Utah, 14, Notre Dame, as we mentioned, 15, LSU, 16, Missouri, North Carolina at 17th. Louisville comes in at 18, Air Force at 19, Duke at 20th, Tennessee 21st, Tulane 22nd, uh, 23rd UCLA, and number 24 USC, 25 uh, James Madison, who is uh, also undefeated. And there are two ranked matchups uh, this weekend with number 13 Utah hosting uh, number 8 Oregon, and number 18 Louisville uh, will be hosting number 20 Duke. So uh, interesting uh, games for a lot of for this weekend. Meanwhile, LSU will be off this weekend as they uh, and Alabama both have uh, buys this weekend, getting ready for the big game up in Tuscaloosa, not this Saturday, but next. Of course, a uh, little uh, uh, today in sports history uh, uh, with that. So uh, when we uh, talk about uh, way back in uh, – 1886, uh, one of the world's championship, they called it back then. It wasn't the World Series, but the world's championship in Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. The Browns edged the Chicago White Stockings four to three in ten innings in game six to take the series four games to two. Also in this date, 1903 in the eighth. Iron Bowl, Alabama beats Auburn 18-6. to And a lot of people don't realize after the 1907 game, Alabama and Auburn didn't play again until the late 40s. And from the late 40s up until sometime in the 80s, Alabama would not play in Auburn on the Plains. They play those games in uh, literally in Birmingham. Those games took place, and uh, yet they'd come to Tuscaloosa occasionally, Auburn would. But until that all was settled out, uh, Bear Bryant would never go to uh, Auburn to play the Tigers. Anyway, and I would imagine the SEC had something to do with that eventually. It, too. Was, it was just they wouldn't play anymore. They didn't want to play. And, you know, Kentucky and Louisville never played. And the legislature in the state of Kentucky had to get together to make Louisville and Kentucky play each other. Amazing. Anyway, same thing takes, took place with Auburn and Alabama. Amazing. Also in 1910 on this date, the Philadelphia A's beat the Cubs 7-2 to in the Westside Park in Chicago to win their first ever championship, 4-1. to Also on this date, 1920, a grand jury up in uh, uh, Chicago uh, indicts A. Battelle, Hal Chase, and Bill Burns as the go-betweens in the Black Sox scandal. Of course, uh, the, mem- the eight members of the Black- White Sox 
were all acquitted. But uh, the next day, uh, Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis threw them all out of baseball for life. Also in this day in 1921, the Green Bay Packers played their first uh, uh, game, uh, a forerunner to the NFL, as they beat the Minneapolis Marines 7-6 at Hagmeister Park in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Also in this day in 1945, American baseball player Jackie Robinson signs a contract with the Montreal Rawls. Uh, minor league farm team of the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, Branch Rickey and Happy Chandler both sign off on that. Meanwhile, in 1955, the Dominican Professional League moves to winter play for the first time ever. So winter baseball down in uh, Port, uh, Dominican Republic. Also in 1963, the New York Yankees named Yogi Berra as a manager for the 64 season, replacing Ralph Houck, who becomes the team's general manager. Also in this date, 1964, future Hall of Fame boxing champion Joe Frazier dominates a German by the name of Hans Huber for an easy points and win in the Olympic heavyweight gold medal in Tokyo. Also in this date, 1974, unbelievable. The Cubs trade six-time Major League All-Star outfielder Billy Williams to the Oakland A's for second baseman Manny Trejo did a pretty good job for the Cubs. Broke my heart. I got to tell you, Billy was my childhood hero, and uh, it devastated me. I stopped collecting baseball cards. I started uh, not so much rooting for players as jerseys. Now I just root for jerseys. I that was the second time I lost my baseball innocence. Uh, the first was 1969. Yes, uh, I can understand that. Elsewhere on this date, 1984, Cubs Rick Sutcliffe selected as unanimous choice for the NL Cy Young Award. Also in this date, 1996, the Yankees set a record recovering from a 0-6 and six in World Series game to beat the Braves 8-6 to six in Game 4 at Atlanta, uh, a record, the seventh straight postseason road win. Meanwhile, on this date in 2000, Monday Night Miracle took place. Uh, down 30-7 to seven at the end of the third quarter, the Jets put an improbable comeback with four touchdowns and a field goal in the fourth quarter to eventually defeat uh, Miami 40-37 to 37 in overtime. Also in this date in 2022 in the AL Championship Series, the Astros defeat the Yankees 65 in New York City, sweeping the series four games to none to advance to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. Also today, birthdays today, uh, born on this date way back in 1869. As soon as I mentioned his name, we'll all know him. John Heisman was born on this date way back when. Uh, of course, he passed away in 1936. Of course, he legalized the forward pass. He was the originator of the center snap. Of course, the Heisman was named after him. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Meanwhile, also born in this day, 1904, uh, golf teacher pro uh, Harvey Pinnock uh, was born on this date. Uh, the Golfing World Hall of Fame, born in Austin, Texas. I do believe he was Ben Crenshaw's uh, teacher. And, of course, Ben Crenshaw, uh, learning upon his death that week up in the Masters, went on to win his second green jacket way back in uh, 1995. Also born on this date, former uh, perfect game pitcher and only man, to, uh, first man, I should say, to piss no hitters in both leagues. His second one was a, was a perfect game. Jim Bunning, born on this day. Bunning, former legislator and uh, senator from Kentucky, uh, from born in Southgate, Kentucky. Also uh, born on this day, a uh, golfer who was a pleasure to watch all the time, Chichi Rodriguez was born on this date uh, over in Puerto Rico. He's still alive, too. I think Chichi's 88 uh, today. 
also born on this date, was probably one of the greatest soccer players ever. Pelé was born on this date, the Brazilian soccer star, born in Brazil, passed away uh, last year in 2022. Also born on this date, Doug Flutie, a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, won the Heisman in 84 that pass uh they beat miami that afternoon uh, up in boston uh of course he was a great cup mvp also a uh, pro bowler with the bills he was born in manchester maryland and uh, no significant uh, passings on this day but uh also the quote of the day i go to the rajah that's roger hornsby for you baseball fans anyway he says anyone who is either excited uh, isn't excited or nervous to play in the world series easy crazy or a liar of course World Series uh, games could be decided tonight in the American League between the Rangers and the Astros. The winner takes all to the World Series. Meanwhile, the Phillies uh, up on uh, the uh, <clears throat> the Diamondbacks, uh, three games to two. If they win tonight, uh, they're headed to the World Series against the winner of the other game. So, uh, Jeff, that's today in uh, sports history here on a big October the 23rd. Now back to you. Absolutely. And, uh, again, the Phillies, the early game today, beginning at 4, the A Astros at 7-ish. Big thanks to our guests today, Westgate head coach Ryan Antoine, Bob Rose, SI.com, and other uh, avenues to find his work. But appreciate them joining us. And, as always, thanks to our sponsors, including the Schwing Insurance Agency, Canero Golf and Turf Club, the Headache and Pain Center, L.A. Classic Roofing, and now, House of uh, Representatives-elect uh, Jacob Landry for District 49. Appreciate them supporting Bayou Sports.